Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This recording may contain content unsuitable for children. Hey everybody and welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. And I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from mad mages to malevolent marauders. And today, the rogues get in a class breakdown. Nice. Prepare yourselves. I cast Fireball. City of Ergoth, home to the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor. How's it going? My name's Jack Lightfingers, don't forget it. I am that name, bond paid for. You know, some people say I ain't such a nice guy, but what do they know? The way I see it, you got the king living up in his castle like a fat cat. All these gods rolling around, they ain't nothing but a bunch of bullies. They don't know nothing about the common man like you and me. Excuse me, pop, coming through. You know, it's like I always say. You gotta eat to live. And sometimes, you gotta still eat. Where's my wallet? What? We can't all be here. Somebody stop that guy! Stop that no! Hey! Thief! Thief! So, Brian, when you think about the rogue, when you, when you hear the word rogue, what comes to your mind? Sneaky thief. Okay, yeah. That's actually pretty apt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I meant, like, uh, is there a particular character that maybe comes to your mind? Um, just some like characters from video games like that are thieves. Um, yeah. they're usually good thieves. Like Robin Hood's probably a rogue. Yeah, yeah, Robin Hood's probably one of the original like uh um inspirations for the for the entire rogue class. And it um like the word rogue implies that you're not following like, the law. Yeah, or yeah. like anything. He's you're on that hipster shit. No you're honor. That, among you're thieves. off that mainstream <laughs> and on the underground. <laughs> okay, stealing. Yes, rogues are. They do uh, do tend to be, I guess, chaotic um, by by nature. Um, so I've never been a huge, huge fan of the rogue. It is a mainstay. It is definitely a mainstay. It's a cornerstone of D and D. It's one of the most popular classes there are. I've just never had a lot of fun rolling them. But um, yeah, it's always fun to have one on the party, though, because rogues are awesome. You're into the lawful good. Yes, I do. I do tend on the lawful side of things when it comes to characters. I just can't help it. I like characters with a code. 
I um I well rogues have uh can have a code yeah, depending on totally, how you roll them, right? Totally like, can, yeah. Yeah, like um, thieves thieves um thickest thieves, they don't say that for no reason. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's thieves true. code is thieves code in um, a lot of a lot of um fantasy culture, I guess. Like um yeah. when I hear about uh like a clan of thieves, they're in it for each other, you know? Right, right. Um or I mean a rogue could technically like a pirate could be a rogue and like pirates have the pirates code and it's true. You know, yeah. Looking out for their own. There that is. Um, like the mob. So I did a little research on like uh, D&D's origin of the rogue, and uh, it was not coming up with anything I was too familiar with outside of um, Bilbo Baggins as the original burglar in fantasy. Hell yeah. Um, and I love Bilbo. I think Bilbo is uh, absolute badass uh, that the movies don't really portray him as cool as he was in the book because he, he does some pretty badass things in the book of The Hobbit. But, um, and he doesn't give a fuck. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, he's 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 a real pansy about it the whole time, but like he he still gets it done. He's sneaking through these um, these goblin holes and shit. Yeah, yeah, he saves those dwarves' asses like many times. Um, so uh, also apparently Gary Gygax, who was the original creator of D anD D, his main source of inspiration for not just the rogue class in general, but for rogues that he personally wrote about and personally like rolled was a a rogue character from a fantasy series that I've never read uh, or had even heard of before I did this little bit of research named the gray the gray mouser so um the gray mouser the gray mouser the gray mouser I don't know much about the gray mouser except for that it, the gray mouser was a smallish roguish character a thief who uh kind of rolled around with his barbarian buddy and they went on adventures together, and that's about all I know there. But that was Gygax's main source of inspiration for the rogue. Interesting. Okay. Um, so when you're running a rogue in D and D, what do you what do you get? What's your mechanical advantage? Okay. So um, when when we talked about the fighter, we kind of talked about the versatility of the fighter and how like you could roll all kinds of fighters, like a uh, heavy weapon fighter, heavy armor fighter, light armor fighter, de- you know, dexterity-based fighter. Right, right. Uh, archer fighter. Uh, with the rogue, there's a little bit of versatility, but not nearly as much. And uh, I would say uh, the basis of that is almost all rogues worth their salt are dexterity-based, period. Like, I'm sure you could, if you really tried, to roll a uh, rogue who was strength-based, but why? Yeah, it... it- like being a rogue implies that you're gonna want to be sneaky and have like good sleight of hand and stuff. So the the dexterity is is your mod for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, also a lot of skills um are derived from the dexterity ability score. And rogues kind of have two really defining features at, for their class. Uh, one would be uh, their sneak attack damage, right. which we'll get into when we dive a little bit more into the mechanics. Cool. But the the thing that I think sets the rogue the most apart, especially in fifth edition, is their skill proficiencies are off the chart compared to any other class. They get way more and they're way better at them. Nice. Um, so like most most classes, almost pretty much all classes, except for maybe the ranger, I'd have to look at it again. They only get to choose two skill proficiencies from their list of class proficiencies. Right. The rogue gets four. Nice. Just off the bat, four plus the two you're going to get from your background. Um on top of that, at level one, you're going to get uh, a class feature called Expertise. Now, Expertise basically says choose two of the skill proficiencies that you are proficient in, and you're going to double your proficiency bonus for them. So Ooh. at level one, you have a, a plus two to your proficiency bonus. Let's say I choose Stealth. So 
we're just going to say I have a 16 in dexterity. That's a plus three. That's pretty good. Plus two for my proficiency bonus. So that's a plus five to stealth. That's really good. Level one, that's that's a great bonus. Yeah, you're going to successfully if, stealth some stuff. Yeah. If I choose expertise in stealth as well, we could add two more. So we're talking about a plus seven to a skill at level one, which is godly. That's bonkers. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. So uh, um, the only other class that rivals the rogue when it comes to uh, being a skill monkey would be the bard, actually. Um, and I'd say they're probably on par with each other. Um, while the bard will be more of a jack of all trades, the rogue will have nearly as many skills, but a few of those choice skills will just be off the charts. Okay. So, um, you know, sleight of hand, stealth, it, who knows? It those can are all things I was going to want to do. Yeah. So, so when you're, when you're building your rogue, um, as we did with the other two classes, you're going to start with your hit die. After this is of course after you've done your ability scores and applied all that stuff, um, and the hit die for the rogue is a d8, which is one higher than what we rolled for the wizard and one lower than what we rolled for the fighter. So real middle of the road kind of HP. Um, after that, when we look at the proficiencies for the rogue, the rogue is only proficient in light armor, so no heavy armor for you. Um, you get all simple weapons, but you also get hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, and short swords. So not as proficient as the fighter when it comes to the martial arts, but way better than the wizard. Yeah, you've got some good weapons to work with. You also have a proficiency with uh, thieves tools, which are uh, what you're going to use yes. for breaking into stuff, climbing stuff, um, doing all that good Picking thievery and dungeoneering. Picking locks is sounds so like such a useful skill. Your saving throws are in dexterity and intelligence, and this is kind of going to reflect um, just how skilled you are in the dexterous arts of sleight of hand and stealth and acrobatics and whatnot. But also, um, rogues have a tendency to be pretty cunning. You kind of have to be. You got to be clever. You got to be able to think on the spot, and you have to be able to understand how locks work how traps work get maybe, creative with your hiding places yeah, maybe you have to memorize how the guards patrol the city so that you don't get caught you got to know how to open doors just right so they don't squeak yeah exactly so you know that gets reflected in uh the rogue has a uh, proficiency in intelligence saving throws cool um and then we get again to the skills where you get to choose four um i'm just going to list these real quick just so you get an idea of what the rogue has options in when it comes to their skill choices um, acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth. Ooh. So a lot of skills to choose from. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they come from uh, all Good kinds ones of different too. Um, you know, Some of them are more charisma-based with your ability to intimidate or to deceive or to persuade. Um, some of them are more dexterity-based. There was a couple in there that were strength-based. But... Um, but yeah, so uh, the rogue gets a lot of options, and we haven't even gotten to the features yet. Uh, so far, it sounds like the rogue is going to be uh, better outside of combat than inside of combat with all these different skills. It doesn't, you know, you can't be uh, use a lot of too much sleight of hand inside of combat. I'd imagine. Um, I mean, yes, you can't really use too much. Well, I mean, no, no. What can you do? Slide. <laughs> give me an example of what you can do. Sleight of hand in um, combat. Well, rogues get the awesome ability to do things like disarming traps in the middle of a fight and whatnot. Nice. Um, but I, I don't know if this counts as sleight of, sleight of hand, but, um, in combat, the rogue has a feature, which is it's bread and butter. This is where the damage is coming from for the rogue. And that's its sneak attack, which in fifth edition, it's really, really easy for the rogue to get its sneak attack damage to go off compared to previous editions. 
So in this edition of D&D, the way sneak attack works is as long as one of your allies is um, adjacent to an enemy that you are attacking, you get um, to add your sneak attack damage to uh, any any attack that you make that hits, I think once per round. That's cool. So that the, the sneak attack damage starts off a little small, although not too small because any any extra damage at level one is amazing. Uh, it starts off as one d six of extra damage, and it it goes up as you keep leveling. By the time by the time you're level twenty, it's ten d six extra damage. Oh my god! Per, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Just and rolling ten d six like that, yeah, irresponsibly. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just you know you're really good at stabbing. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, you do that twist. Yeah, you Stab do you twist. do that stab and a twist. Um. The thing is, uh, shit. not only not only do you get to do sneak attack damage if all, all you know an ally of yours is simply next to an enemy that you're attacking, but also in any situation where you have advantage on the roll, like no matter what the situation is, you get sneak attack damage. Cool. Now you only get to do it once per round, but like when it's like multiple d sixes on top of your regular damage, like you don't need it to go off more than once around. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that's where you're kind of wrong. Like. N- you would think that the fighter would be undeniably better in combat than the rogue, since the rogue gets all this dope shit outside of combat. But unfortunately, the rogue's actually pretty badass in combat, and maybe doesn't do quite as much damage as, as a fully fleshed out fighter, but gets pretty damn close. That's nice. Good. Um. So, also at level one, you get one more feature, and this one's kind of interesting because it is really circumstantial, but I, I really like this feature because it's, it's very flavorful. You get the ability to understand a sub-language known as Thievescant. Cool. Which okay, what's that? Which is basically a secret code language used by all thieves. And if you're a rogue, you just you know this language. That's pretty sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And from my understanding, the way it works is like Thievescant is a code language that's hidden within whatever language the rogue is speaking. Nice. Okay, and, so there's a Thievescant for different languages? Is that what you're saying? Um... I guess I guess so. It doesn't really specify, but basically, we'll we'll just well, like we'll, it's probably we'll, in like common or something. Yeah, we'll like use that. common as the example. But what it says in the player's handbook is when two characters are speaking in thieves can't. It's they're talking in such a way that the people around them don't know that that's what they're speaking. Right. But because of that, it takes them twice as long to say anything. Oh, okay. So conversation um, doubles in length. Yes. Now, okay. Right, I'm sure you've seen the movie. Uh, Austin Powers gold member. Yeah. You know when Austin Powers and his dad they talk the the real British? Yeah. But it's they, like that. But yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like that where they're like they're talking in code but they it sounds shit like on a just, turtle. Yeah, exactly. And they're just saying <laughs> stupid shit. But like it's I all just hidden movie. meaning in everything they're saying. Uh yeah. yeah, that's what I like in Thieves Can too. <laughs> so cool. So yeah, Austin Powers. <laughs> awesome. I guess Austin Powers is is in a way Austin Powers is a rogue. Like he's yeah, a spy. He's a spy. He's a spy. He's, he's stealthing around. And he stuff uses and he's items infiltrating. and stuff. Yeah, he infiltrates. He does do a lot of stealthing badly, but he he does it. Well, you know, it's a spoof on James Bond. Yeah, so and who who is, who is also a rogue, right? Well, that's kind of a interesting thing about a rogue is, um, it may not have the same type of like mechanical versatility, but I think like the things that we attach the concept of a rogue to. So versatile, like Han Solo from Star Wars is technically like a rogue. Yeah, like modern day rogues, like in and would use a a pistol, you know, just right. like James Bond would. Not they wouldn't be carrying around like a big loud gun that goes against you know kind That's of true. the what they're going for. Yeah, a rogue would definitely have that silencer on. Yeah, definitely. and have like a knife on them or like whatever. 
Yeah. That's what I always thought was weird about James Bond is he would get into tight spots and like his gun would get knocked away and then he never pulled a knife. Like, how come you don't have that on you, man? Yeah, James Bond should have a knife on him. Yeah, absolutely. Several I don't know. Guns. I'll be honest. I'm not a big James Bond fan. Uh, I mean, maybe this is all tying to the fact that I'm not a big rogue fan, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I like James that's Bond. That's not true. I like Nightcrawler for, uh, like a hell of a lot from X-Men. He's definitely a rogue. So yeah. Yeah, He can teleport. That's a little unfair. Yes, Nightcrawler's a badass. Okay, <laughs> so um, what we did with the with the fighter episode was um, the fighter had uh, an archetype choice at level three, and so we only kind of went up as far as level three and then kind of delved into the archetypes and kind of left it at that because there was just so much content. Like, we didn't want to, like, go over all of it in one episode. It'd be, like, two hours long. Right. We're going to do the same thing with the rogue because it's set up in very much the same way where all the way up to level three... Rogues are going to all get the same stuff. And then at level three, it branches off into three very distinct archetypes. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get in depth about the archetypes, but we're not really going to go beyond the, um, the core rogue um, features beyond level three because that's just going to take too long. We'll do that in a future episode. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to thank everyone for listening in. We really appreciate all your support. Um, if you want to to help get the Dungeon Cast name out there, we could really use your help. Um, if you could just leave comments, likes, and subscribes, check us out on YouTube. Just search the Dungeon Cast. Um, where you can find us, of course, on SoundCloud. dot uh, com slash the Dungeon Cast, or pretty much any any podcast app out there. We should be on there. Um, if you go to iTunes, leave us a review. Maybe tweet out our name. Any of these things will help us tremendously. We're really trying to get the word out, and uh, we can't do that without your help. 
Yeah, um, word of mouth is going to be the best thing. Um, leaving that, um, those likes, those subscribes, those comments on iTunes, that would really help us out a lot. And we really appreciate everybody's support. Yeah, we love doing this. This is so much fun to record this podcast. It's 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 quickly become a passion of mine. I'm really enjoying this. And we got a lot of ideas for stuff we want to do, but it's really hard to to reasonably uh, commit to those ideas and and attempt those projects uh, if if we're not gaining the audience that we need. Yeah, your feedback is everything to us. If you can give us some constructive criticism, we'd love to implement those ideas. Um, we do have a live game in the works. We really want to put that yep. out there. We've already gotten some requests for that. Yep. And uh, we really appreciate everybody that has been listening and has been uh, commenting and getting uh, getting us that constructive criticism we really need. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know what you want to hear. Like, let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. I mean, please don't be too mean. Like, I I, I don't know if I could take it, but uh, constructive criticism, like Ryan says, like, let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Let us know what you want to hear in the future. Uh, we we want to know. We, we're going to listen. So go ahead. You can email us at thedungeoncast at gmail.com. Tweet at us. Um, pretty much any of those mediums. Leave a comment. I'll be reading them. I'll be probably replying to most, if not all of them. Yeah, um, we host on SoundCloud.com slash The Dungeon Cast. Our Twitter's at The Dungeon Cast. You know, pretty much that's where we're going to be. So, uh, yeah, reach out. We'd really appreciate it. All right. Enjoy the rest of the show. Back to the show. Okay, so at level two, the rogue is going to get a really handy feature called Cunning Action, uh, which which is really basic. It just says that uh, as a bonus action, you can take a dash, disengage, or hide action. All right. Which really just, again, feeds into just how quick you are. Right. Uh, how quick thinking you are. Um, normally, if you approach an enemy or if you're engaged with an enemy and you attack, you have given up your action, uh, which you would have needed to disengage if you wanted to get away. But if you can use your bonus action to disengage, you can run up to, or you can be next to an enemy, attack them, and then as a bonus action, disengage and run. Hell yeah, I love yeah. that. It's it's so handy. So and that you kinda need to. You're a rogue. You're not gonna be as sturdy as a fighter. You can't maybe stay in the front lines as long. So you're gonna dive in, attack, stay around, attack, dive out. So um yeah. So yeah, that's all rogues get it and it's it's very handy. You're gonna use it all the time. It sounds sweet, man. Getting away without you know taking those extra hits. Yeah. So the three archetypes for the rogue um, are as follows. You have the thief archetype, the assassin archetype, and the arcane trickster archetype. Arcane trickster. Which which archetype do you want to talk about first? Brian? Arcane trickster, because okay. I haven't heard that's, that <laughs> okay. kind of caught me. All right. Arcane trickster is really cool. Uh, it might be my favorite of the archetypes. I think the assassin might be. I don't know. I'm never going to play Rogue, so what does it matter? <laughs> um, so the Arcane Trickster is pretty cool. It's kind of like uh, the equivalent, if you will, of the Eldritch Knight for the fighter. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's basically uh, you're a rogue. Arcane who, in it. Yeah, you're a rogue who has learned to... Um, do tricky magics. Yeah, do tricky magics to, um, what's the word, enhance your stealth abilities. So press the digitation. Um, more Mage Hand. Mage Hand is going to be okay. one of the major features. What is I, Mage Hand? Mage Hand is a wizard cantrip. Well, it's a cantrip that a lot of classes can get where you can summon a spectral hand to move objects for you. Oh, sick. Now, Mage Hand usually has some limitations on it, but as an arcane trickster, you get some added bonuses onto that, which we'll get into. But let me go ahead and pull this up on the player's handbook. Okay, so you're going to get spellcasting, which we've talked about extensively in the wizard episode. You're going to get some cantrips. You're going to get some spell slots. It's going to be at about the same rate as the Eldritch Knight, which is much, much slower than a full-time caster. Okay. Because full-time caster by level three, you're already getting into, I think, third uh, level spells. 
Uh, maybe not, but if not, second, you're getting really close. I think close. it's like one behind. Like oh, okay. Line. But uh, but when uh, when you're like an Eldritch Knight or an Arcane Trickster, um, it's you're barely just dipping your toe into the first level spells. You're 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 just getting into this whole new thing called Arcana. Yeah, because you don't you're you're a rogue first um, before you're a caster. Exactly, and that will be portrayed throughout your you know leveling up. So um, as we were talking about the um, Cantrip Mage Hand, you're going to get an ability at third level called Mage Hand Ledger Ledger Domain Le- Ledger Domain. There we go, Mage Hand Ledger Domain. That well, that wasn't hard to pronounce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, when you when you cast Mage Hand, you can make the special hand invisible. That's you know lends into useful. The yeah, and you can perform the following additional tasks which you couldn't before. You can stow one object the hand is holding in a container worn or carried by another creature. So rather than pickpocket, you can put pocket. Oh, shit. Um, you that can, is, that's broken. Okay. Yeah. You can retrieve an object in container worn or carried by another creature, pickpocketing. You can use thieves tools to pick locks and disarm traps at range. Hell yeah. It's fucking at badass. At range? What does that mean? Well, like, like the ma- how far mage, away? mage hand has, has a, um, a range oh, on it. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's 30 feet. might be more than that. I, Fuck. No, but so like you're, so you, you just learn how to pick the lock with mage hand. Or disarm traps at, yeah. a, at a distance. That's pretty fucking sick. handy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next up at level nine, which, uh, geez, that's a big gap between level three and level nine. Um, you get magical ambush, which okay. if you're hidden from a creature, when you cast a spell on it, the creature has disadvantage on any saving throw it makes against a spell. Ooh, that's very handy. Yes, it is. Especially if you're casting like uh like an effective like uh charm or illusion spell that you really need to get off. Definitely. Um, um, you know that's that's definitely gonna come handy. Actually, let's backtrack to what I was just saying. I don't know if you remember with the Eldritch Knight where, as an Eldritch Knight, you were kind of married to two different schools of magic where. Every level when you gain new spells, at least one of the spells that you learned had to be from either the Evocation or Abjuration School. Yeah, I do remember something like okay. that. The Arcane Trickster is the exact same way, uh, okay. except for with two different schools. Uh, I believe it's Illusion and Enchantment. Uh, yes, it's Enchantment and Illusion. So you're kind of married to the whole trickster part of this arcana. Um, you're not throwing fireballs necessarily. You're not blowing shit up. You're not too loud, too tra- up front. Yeah, you're not transmogrifying anything. Uh, maybe you're teleporting. I could see uh, conjuration spells being used in, in that regard, like uh, teleportation. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. Yeah. I'm not going to pick this yeah. lock. I'm just going to uh, pop right over on the other side of this here door. Exactly. Uh, but, I mean, but when it comes to conjuration, you're not necessarily summoning creatures to fight for you. I mean, you could, and you probably will. But, like, that's not going to be your main source of spell work. It's going to be you casting illusions, you tricking people, you casting enchantments and charming yeah. people. Enhancing your rogue and not turning into a caster. Exactly. So, um, the reason they're different. At level 13, you gain the ability or the feature versatile trickster. You gain the ability to distract targets with your mage hand. So, again, more focus on the mage hand. As a bonus action on your turn, you can designate a creature within five feet of the spectral hand created by the spell. Doing so gives you advantage on the attack rolls against that creature until the end of your turn. Jeez, so you, they're making it so you don't have to be in the fucking room. Uh, well, well, no. With with this ability, they're making it so uh, it was already easy to get your sneak attack. Yeah. Now you're sure as hell getting your sneak attack, no matter if your allies are there to help you or not, because you just summon your mage hand and it's just sitting there like flipping off the enemy <laughs> and pissing it off, and then you give it a good old stab yeah. at advantage, like with those ten d six. 
<laughs> just blow them up. Yeah. Like you're, when you stab somebody, there's a little grenade on the end of your knife that you just leave inside of them <laughs> and it blows out. Um, okay. Final, final feature. Their final feature for the arcane trickster. Spell Thief. This happens at level 17. So, uh, I mean, I hope you get that far in your campaign, but you're lucky if you do. Um, at 17th level, you gain the ability to magically steal the knowledge of how to cast a spell from another spellcaster. What the fuck? Um, immediately after a creature casts a spell that targets you or includes you in, in its area of effect, you can use your reaction to force the creature to make a saving throw with its spellcasting ability modifier. The DC equals your spell save DC. On a failed save, you negate the spell's effect against you and you steal the knowledge of the spell if it is at least first level and of a level you can cast. For the next eight hours, you know the spell and can cast it using your spell slots. What the fuck? The creature can't cast the spell until the eight hours have passed. So you can just rob someone's mind? Like, <laughs> what? That's fucking cool, but Jesus, that's scary. Oh my God, that's fucking, like, that's so much fun. Like, I want to know what it, what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. Like, oh, I can't remember how to, what? <laughs> this shit's not working. <laughs> That's crazy. And then, okay. And then you eat one. Like, oh, you're freaking out yeah. about it. Yeah, like, oh, now he can cast it. That's, that's bullshit. That's I'd, be, I'd be kind of mad. mind freak over you here. You steal my best spell. Yeah, seriously. Or, like, my damage output. And then start doing it against me. That's crazy. Okay, moving on. So we got two more archetypes, Ryan. We got Thief and we got Assassin. Which one do you want to hear about? Assassin. All right, Assassin. Yeah, the Assassin's really cool. You're really good at killing things. Yeah, you should be. Um, but you're also, you get even more proficiencies because um, you didn't have enough, apparently. At third level, if you choose this archetype, you are going to gain two proficiencies. One with the disguise kit, so you're really good at disguising yourself. Cool. And one with a poisoner's kit. You're really good at assassinating, assassinating people with poison. Sick. Um, starting also at third level, you are at your deadliest when you get the drop on your enemies. You have advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken its turn yet in combat. What? In addition, any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a critical hit. Oh, man. Yeah, you are a oh my gosh. cold-blooded killer if you go the assassin route. Oh, dude, so you're, you're going to try to get that initiative up real high. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because you just love killing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm eager to uh, slay. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, oh, and of course, the, the proficiencies, to me, they, they, they kind of um, highlight that assassin aspect of, like, hiding in a crowd or, like, infiltrating right. uh, a really secure location by maybe disguising yourself as a guard or as, like, the brother of the person that you're going to kill. Getting right, really right. close to that person and then stabbing them in the heart. Or... Getting getting in there and maybe disguising yourself as like uh, the nurse to the sick king and maybe putting a little poison with that poison kit into their food. Get in, get out. No one knew. Yeah, yeah, and no one knows what happened. This is the dart. This is the where I can see somebody using darts. Yeah, yeah. the assassin. And I think you're proficient in darts as a as a rogue. At least Hell in my yeah. game, you will be. I'd be some blow darts. Oh, yeah. At ninth level you gain a feature called infiltration expertise. You can unfailingly create false identities for yourself. Jesus, what? You must spend seven days and 25 gold pieces to establish the history, profession, and affiliations for your identity. You can't establish an identity that belongs to someone else. For example, you might acquire appropriate clothing, letters of introduction, and official-looking certifi certification to establish yourself as a member of a trading house 
from a remote city so you can institute yourself into the company of other wealthy merchants. Okay. <laughs> thereafter. It's a little complicated. Yeah, thereafter, if you adopt a new identity as a disguise, other creatures believe you to be that person until given the ob- an obvious reason not to. Holy shit, though. So you can just create a double <laughs> life. That's fucking sick. Yeah, it's really cool. Man, a campaign yeah. where, like, okay, guys, like, we we got to kill this guy, and I got, um, why don't you motherfuckers go camp in the mountains? I'll just assimilate into this town, <laughs> and I'll give you the green light when it's in, like, okay. a month's time when I'm real deep in this shit. <laughs> I've made some, I like, I personally had to make friends, and yeah. now I'm going to betray yeah. them all. You had to get married, have a child. <laughs> You're shit. like, whoa. Um... <laughs> All right, so at level um, 13, you gain the feature called imposter. You gain the ability to unerringly mimic another person's speech, writing, and behavior. You must spend at least three hours studying these three components of the person's behavior, listening to speech, examining handwriting, and observing mannerisms. Your ruse is indiscernible to the casual observer. If a wary creature suspects something is amiss, you have advantage on any charisma check you make to avoid detection. Fuck. So you just... Like, who needs to be a changeling? You are a changeling. Yeah, dude, that's, what? That's badass. Oh, my gosh. And finally. Just, I'm going to send <laughs> fake-ass letters out <laughs> as, like, the king. I don't, I don't even know. At that point, like, why are you even adventuring anymore? Just, like, set yourself up as a lord and live the good life. I know. You're, you're that good. <laughs> um, but I guess... Because you, you really want to kill. Well, you want to keep guess, on killing. Yeah, because you just love killing. <laughs> um, I guess, though, like, if, if you're... In order to have gotten that good to get to that point, like you're obviously passionate about your craft, so why would you give that up? Right, you're gonna be legendary. Yes. So, and, and as such, when you uh, get to level 17, you gain the feature Death Strike. <laughs> <laughs> you become cool. a master of instant death. <laughs> okay. When you attack and hit a creature that is surprised, it must make a Constitution saving throw. On a failed save, double the damage of your attack against this creature. Jesus. So, like, Brutal. that's the thing. The one, the, the thing about D&D, like, mimicking real life, the, where it fails is combat, because that, that's part of, like, the game being... It's really hard to kill somebody when you have a sword and, like, you're, right. you attacked it, but you gotta... That's not just not how it works. Right. Um. One cool thing in 4th edition, which I don't think it has a mechanic in this edition, it was called the, the coup de gras, where, okay. where basically if... The enemy you were attacking was what was considered helpless. So let, let's say they were unconscious or asleep. Um, and you attack them and you hit their AC. It was considered an instant crit. And oh, that was kind of to... Ref- and crits in 4th edition hit fucking hard. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, and that was to kind of reflect that, like... That's about as close as you can get to the one-hit kills. Right. Um, okay. Because, again, like, that's where uh, D&D kind of loses a lot of its realism. I mean, you know, God... For God forgive us for like trying to think dragons are real, but like, um, but yeah, you <laughs> lose, you lose, you lose your realism when it comes to the instant kill. Cause like, yeah, if I get stabbed in the fucking chest with a sword, I'm going to die. It's what makes it fun though. It's mechanical. Yeah. Like, it, like it's just like a video game or something yeah. like that when I think about it. Yeah, that's true. You know, so you it's just not too far off dice. of the mark of like a game, you know, you are playing a game. Yeah. I guess it's not something too, too foreign to really anybody in today's pop culture. Right. Okay, well, we're done with the assassin, and that leaves one more archetype, uh, the thief, which I am now afraid to read because I feel like it's going to be lackluster compared to the last two we just read. But let's find out. Stealing stuff is cool. Stealing stuff is cool, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, at level three, uh, the thief is going to get an ability called Fast Hands. Uh, You can use 
the bonus action, granted by your cunning action to make a dexterity sleight of hand check, use your thieves tools to disarm a trap or open a lock and take the u- or take the use an object action. So, as a bonus action, you can maybe steal something off the enemy that you're fighting, disarm a trap that's about to go off, um, use an object action. Like maybe there's like a trap that you can like literally trigger, so you can use uh, just as a bonus action, trigger the trap kill a few enemies and you still yes, get yes. you still get your movement you still get your attack and hopefully your sneak attack damage so i'm not underwhelmed that's, no, that's yeah, fucking that's really amazing cool. well you also get another uh feature at level three called second story work when you choose this archetype at third level you gain the ability to climb faster than normal climbing no longer costs you extra movement in addition when you make a running jump the distance you cover increases by the number of feet equal to your dexterity mod Hell yes. See, so, this is the this is what I would multi-class Rohan with because yeah. that just goes along. Like, I'm going to do parkour. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be even go. better at well, parkour this, than I already fucking this am. This is the archetype that you would want to go to. Hell yes. Um, so yeah, you're better at climbing, you're better at jumping. At level nine, you can get a phaser called Supreme Sneak. Uh, with this, you have advantage on dexterity stealth checks if you move no more than half your speed on the same turn. Um That'll be good if you really are integrating sneaking or stealth into your uh, combat. Next up, uh, at level 13, you get Use Magic Device. You have learned enough about the workings of magic that you can improvise the use of items even when they are not intended for you. You ignore all class, race, and level requirements on the use of a magic what? item. What? That's really dope. Break the rules. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. You break the rules. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, and lastly... Uh, thieves get a feature called Thieves Reflexes at level 17. You've become adept at laying ambushes and quickly escape danger. You can make two turns during the first round of any combat. What? That's cool. You take your first turn at the normal initiative and your second turn at your initiative minus 10. You can't use this feature when you are surprised. You get to move twice. In, you get to have an entire turn twice in the first round. That's so That's really good. dope. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, you know the first the first round of combat's pretty goddamn critical. Yeah, I mean positioning, um, getting that first damage is is really good, and everything going first is great. Yep, yeah, it is. So as you can see, um, that's about all we're going to cover mechanically for the rogue. But the rogue, it just it's it's dexterous. Rogue is uh, good at sleight of hand, acrobat, set, uh, uh, disguising itself, uh, and at doing trickery magic. Um, so yeah, Fucking. that's the rogue. That mage hand is so ridiculous. You just don't even have to be around. Yeah, it's really cool. You just don't even have to be. No, if I was going to multi-class, though, it would definitely be the thief. I think it, um, it's always uh, important to make sure you stay in character. So if yeah, I, if yeah, I were to definitely staying in character is going to you know trump the the mechanics of it. It's just yeah, I think a lot of char- a lot of players, um, myself included. Like you get really tempted by those really powerful features because you're like, oh, that's so cool! I want to do that. Definitely. But um, but yeah, does like, it really go with who you're who you're rolling though? Mm-hmm, exactly. And yeah. So Rohan, I, although the um the Mage Hand thing probably seems like my favorite out of all of it, I would probably you know Thief was also great. Um, yeah. and it really goes with my character who I'm more attached to than I am to like the more powerful aspects of the game. I want to make him. I want to be true to my character. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and and also to be fair though, all three of these archetypes, like they they're all really solid. They're, they're, you can't go wrong. You're not choosing a, a lesser option if you go with any of these three, which is nice. Yeah, it's all for flavor. You know what what's going to work best for the character you're trying to, trying to be. Uh, Wild, how about um, we roll a rogue here? Oh, you, oh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Are you down? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. You're not down. I'm down. I'm you're so down? down. Let's do it. Let's, you're not my down. first rogue. Let's go. Okay, let's all do right. it. All right. 
Okay, and we're back, and uh, you know we're gonna roll a rogue right now, and uh, Will's gonna go ahead and take the wheel on this one since uh, we have a special intro for this episode, and uh, it's rogue based. It is, it is, and uh, I've I've decided to to make this character based off the character I already created for that intro. Um, whose his, name is his name is Jack Lightfingers. Yeah, and uh, I decided he's going to be a gnome rogue, a rock gnome, not a forest gnome. Cool. And uh, we'll get we'll get into that in a bit. I guess I, I should probably start with my ability scores. Well, um, before we even oh. get into that, who is Jack Lightfingers? Um, so Jack Lightfingers is uh, I think his background is going to be an urchin. He was he was he was born uh, homeless on the streets of the city of Aragoth, and cool. uh, he was raised by thieves, and he lives by the thieves' code, and uh, he uh, he just makes his living uh, stealing from those who. Who got a little bit too much as far as he's concerned. And uh he, he's actually he's kind of a he can be a little bit of a dick, but he's kind of a, a nice dude too. Like he's he always helps out like the homeless kids. He always throws them a bone if he's got a little to spare. So the good thief. So, yeah, he's yeah, he's chaotic neutral, so he kinda he's gonna ride that line between doing bad and doing good. But I think right. he'll he'll err on the side of good. Okay. And uh he's got he's got himself a Jersey accent. A really <laughs> cliche, shitty Jersey accent. All gnomes are Jersey and it's not yeah, it's not shitty if you love well, it. It's it's not it's not the gnome accent. It's the it's the it's the accent of Ergoth, the city he comes from, right where he lives. It's, it's regional. It's his Ergothian accent, and that's in your world, Asmara. No, it's just uh, <laughs> but maybe now. Yeah, well, it's definitely going to be in my world. <laughs> there we go. There you can have all, it. All these characters Aragoth. that we do, um, that we're going to roll out, we're going to go ahead and um, and have them uh, exist in in our online game that we're thinking about running. So yes, yes. keep keep a lookout. We got some cool names for bouncing. More around. news to come. Yeah. All right. So I, I think I would start with my ability score now. Yep. Let's do All it. Right, let's roll. Let's see how this goes. We're gonna we're doing it the straight out of the player's handbook way. So uh, here we go. Got three, three, three two, and three. Right. Yeah. Not too dark. Three, five, there go. four, and one. All right. All right. Next. Got three, two, four, four. Let's see. One, two, six, and two. Oh, there's a dash. Retrieve. Okay. Ready. How many is that? Uh, one, two, three, four. Okay, four, six, hell yeah. Five, hell yeah. Big guy. Two, big one. Uh, last one. One, two, no, two. Oh, please. Three. Oh, man, you got some lame stats. Uh, well, you know, he's stats. a small guy. He's a small guy. He does what he can. What do we got? What are my What are my numbers? All right, let me do math. Uh, eight plus. I'm going to write them down on a list over here and decide where they go. Luckily, I get a... I can afford to have a dump stat or two, I, I guess. You've got a couple, a couple of dump stats. Yeah. You got a nine, okay, a twelve, okay, an eleven, okay, a ten, oh no, a fifteen, oh yeah, and a seven. Oh no. <laughs> okay, that's you're on the lower side of things, but you do have a fifteen for that all important dexterity. Well, that's going into dexterity. <laughs> um, so that's gonna be a plus two. Shit. Okay. I'm putting that seven in intelligence, and here's why. <laughs> I have a plus two to intelligence as a gnome, so I'm going to turn it into a nine. <laughs> <laughs> so nine intelligence, he's still plus a little, you get advantage on those uh, saving throws, right? Yeah, he's a little dumb, but uh, that's all right. <laughs> he just he never had a form of education. He's more like a street level thief. Yeah. like he's not going for the he's not trying to rob the bank, right? Mm, no, Man, no, he's not smart enough. No, he's not. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw that other nine in strength because he's such a little guy. 
And he's probably a little malnourished, like he's grown up on the streets. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. he's not smart enough this to know how to steal food. This character's not turning into the guy I, had, I originally imagined. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but he knows a lot about living life on the streets. Yes. He knows yes, a lot about the town, probably. I'm, I'm going to put that 11 in the Constitution, which I get a plus one to, so that turns it into a 12. And then I'm dealing with, let me see here. Whoops. 12 and a 10 left. Um... I'm actually, I'm going to put the 10 in Charisma. And I'm going to put that 12 into uh, wisdom. wisdom, yeah. Why? Uh, He's street smart. Okay, yeah. He's not I smart smart. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's, rough, and t- he's rough and tumble. Um, yeah. That average Charisma is not going to hurt you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. So he's going to be in leather armor. So his, his AC is going to be 14. His dexterity, his initiative... Roll is going to be a plus two. He's a gnome, so his speed is only twenty five. Um, he's he's proficient in dexterity and intelligence saves. Pick some skills, huh? Yeah, let's do that. Let's see here, let's uh let's take a look at my background first. I'm going to start with urchin. Okay. Uh, poor poor Jack Lightfingers just didn't have a home growing up. <laughs> We laugh, but it's actually pretty fucking it's sad. sad. It's some really sad shit. Goddamn horrific. All right. Urchin, urchin, urchin. Where are you? Okay, so as an urchin, I am proficient in sleight of hand and stealth. Also, disguise kit and thieves tools. Um, and I get this cool feature called uh, City Secrets. You know the secret patterns and flow to cities and can find passages through the urban sprawl that others would miss. When you are not in combat, you and companions you lead can travel between any two locations in a city twice as fast as your speed would normally allow. Pretty dope. Yeah, that is. Uh, that a sounds city like boy. that sounds like good old Jack. Yeah, he's a city boy. All right. I'm not gonna get into like the crazy gnome features. Like as a rock gnome, I can. I have dark vision. Oh, this is cool. Gnomes get advantage on all intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws against magic. That is dope. That's very useful. That is really useful. Okay, um, and I get some tinker abilities, like I can put together like little little machine work, like like a a, a lighter, if you will, a fire starter, or a little clockwork toy and stuff like ah, that. Okay, as long as I have the materials, I can do it. Makes sense. All right. So he's just a clever. He's not very smart, but he's a clever boy. Exactly. Let me just build this here clock. Shit, that's freaking cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Okay. So let's um let's calculate my HP. It's gonna be um nine at level one plus twelve. So twenty one HP. Okay, cool. A little squishy. Yeah, a little low for the early game, but all right. Let's let's choose these skills. I got to choose four. Definitely acrobatics. Very important. Getting away or getting in. Is Jack Lightfingers a guy like a hand for hire? Oh, definitely. Yeah. He he goes where the money where the money takes him. Nice. Gonna get him trained in deception. He's a little liar. <laughs> Jack Lightfingers is kind of a bastard. He's just a little bastard. Persuasion. Sometimes you gotta talk your way out of uh, sticky situations. And perception. Because you gotta have sharp eyes out there on the streets. All right. God, so many skills. And I guess I'll go expertise and stealth in and uh, sleight of hand. Because why not? My dad's. Stay true to the rogue. Put a star next to those. I'm super good at those. 
and then I'm going to get my sneak attack, I'm going to get my thieves can't, I'm going to get my cunning action, and then I get to choose my roguish archetype, which I'm pretty sure everyone has predicted. I'm going with thief, because that's what I am. Super good. So uh, I'm super good at climbing stuff, I'm super good at jumping, and I am also good at something else. Let me see. Stealing shit. Oh yeah, stealing shit. I'm, I, got, I got those fast <laughs> hands. My hands. My hands are just so fast. That's why they call me Jack Lightfinger. Fastest hands in the game. Because I earned that name. <laughs> Bought and paid for. Let's see here. So yeah, so uh, I can use the bonus action granted by my cunning action to make a sleight of hand check, use my thieves tools, or disarm a track or open a lock. lock. Um, or take the use an object action. So I just... Such fast hands, such fast hands. <laughs> Can't even see them. Well, I mean, that's uh, fuck. That was so much faster and easier than the wizard. <laughs> I know that's pretty pretty cut and dry here. Yeah, you know, we had a we had a vision. So yeah, guys, that's the rogue. Um, I came into this episode being kind of meh on the subject, but now I'm like, ooh, the rogue looks pretty good. I know. Now I'm about to multi class it because yeah. it, it just makes it makes a lot of sense, and it's so damn cool to is, do all this rogue shit. It is very cool. It makes you it makes you very <clears> applicable, <throat> very jack of all tradesy. So, the world of a lot of trades, a lot of useful things coming out of a rogue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, everybody. With that, we're going to call it a game. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, once again, we always appreciate the support. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that special intro that we did there. That's an original by Will and myself. Um, now it's time to hand it off to somebody with a reputation most wise. That's right. It's the Sage DM. Why don't you go ahead and take it away, Sage DM? Hey, everybody. Sage DM here with your Sage DM advice for the week. Remember, the early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Think about it. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.